0: Welcome to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. I'm Rick Samprint. Mayor Fred Eisenberger reflects on election days of the past. Good and bad news in the latest Social Planning Research Council of Hamilton report. Learn why the local Catholic school board has launched a demographic survey. Another big game for the Tiger Cats and Hamilton's Forge FC. And McMaster University reaches another altitude. The GMH Podcast starts
1: now. This is the Good Morning Hamilton Podcast on 900 CHML.
0: Monday is a huge day in the city. Well, not only here, really across the province, as hundreds of municipalities—there's more than 400 of them—will be holding municipal elections. And of course, here in Hamilton, we have all some big decisions to make when it comes to the mayor's seat. A number of new councillors will be sitting in their positions. Um, And uh, for us here on 900CHML, it's certainly always an exciting day on Election Day because we get to cover election night and the hustle and bustle and the excitement that it all brings. Our coverage will begin at 6 p.m. on Monday with the Scott Radley Show live at Hamilton City Hall from 6 to 8. Once the polls close at 8, our election, our election special kicks into high gear with host Bill Kelly. All our reporters will be out in the community or at City Hall getting the uh, results instantly to you. And then we get to analyze what happens. Uh, there is going to be several, as I mentioned, several new faces, including one in the mayor's chair, because as we know, Fred Eisenberger is not seeking re-election. But joining us now is Mayor Fred Eisenberger with the city of Hamilton. Fred, good morning. How are you?
2: I'm good, Rick. Thank you.
0: What is your message to eligible voters in this city?
2: Well, this is your opportunity to uh, to get out and vote. And, uh, you know, the vote count uh, in, you know, successive or past civic elections uh, hasn't been sterling uh you know if we if we achieve 40% uh, we're doing pretty well and certainly uh, my view is that we see, we we need more people engaged and more people uh, coming out and marking their ballots so so get yourself uh you know from now until uh, till Monday you have an opportunity to check out some websites and different candidate policies uh whether it's local uh, ward candidates or mayor's candidates and get yourself informed and then uh, Get out there on Monday and mark your ballot.
0: How did you feel on Election Day? Was it a was it a tense day? Were you relaxed? Was it a was there a sense of relief?
2: Yeah, I think it's one of those uh, you know during campaigns it's a pretty t- intense environment, especially if you're doing both uh, running running as a, an elected member and and running to get reelected. Uh, so the uh, election day, you know, I think at this point most of the candidates are at the uh, let's just get this over with stage uh you know it's been a been a, a grueling few months and and uh you know it's time now for people to mark their ballot. and you know i i would say probably in many cases the uh the die has been cast and uh it's just a matter of waiting out for the results so i'm sure they're uh, they're still going to be out there knocking up their signs and staying busy and knocking on the, as many doors as they can and, and reaching out with their different policy ideas but uh I know that uh, at this point in time, most of the candidates will be uh, in the let's get it over with category.
0: When you were uh, running for whether it was mayor or council, were, were you ever tempted on Election Day to cast a ballot for someone else just to see how, how big of a difference it would make?
2: <laughs> no, that's rule number one. <laughs> if you're a candidate is vote, vote for yourself, because uh, if you lose by one vote, then you're, uh, you're, you're in the bubble entirely. And so, uh, no, I've, uh, I've never been, obviously there's, uh, you know, there's there's ward races and I, you know, live in a ward and I have an opportunity to, uh, when I was mayor to, to, to cast my ballot for a, for a local candidate, for sure. And a trustee. But, uh, if you're in the mayor's race and, uh, and you, uh, Ah, uh, rule number one is: uh, if you're in the running, then uh, make sure you mark your ballot for your for your own self because you don't want to lose by one vote.
0: Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, you were in New York City yesterday for a Commonwealth Games information uh, sharing meeting. What did you learn?
2: Uh, well, we had a good uh, a good discussion with the uh, the, the mayor and uh, and the uh, primary. Um, the principal person that uh, ran the entire Birmingham uh, Games, uh, the lead up and both the lead up and the actual games themselves, when they were were working, and uh, you know it was just a general discussion on details on on how how do they fulfill certainly the build up to the games and the successful winning of the bid, all the way through to you know pluses and minuses in terms of. Uh, what went well and what didn't go well. And so, so, uh, you know, some of the challenges they had were on the, on the housing side. So they're, they're continuing to fulfill the housing, uh, you know, the principal athletes village, although they uh, weren't able to get it done in time. So they had to pivot to using the uh, university uh, campuses as uh, athletes locations. And some of the events were actually housed at the, uh, at the university. And so the, uh, the, the, The president of the university was there as well, speaking to some of the the challenging issues of how do you set up an athlete's village, what kind of security needs do you you have to have. And there's just a whole lot of detail around specifics around what's necessary and what worked well and what didn't work well.
0: Uh, We're running out of time, so really quick, when will we learn whether or not Hamilton is going to host 2030 Commonwealth Games?
2: Well, uh, there's yet to have a kind of fulsome... uh, uh, you know, master plan uh, discussion that uh, needs to happen between the federal and provincial governments. Uh, the city of Hamilton said they're uh, they're prepared to go down this road. So uh, we're we're hoping and anticipating that these uh, two levels of government will come to the table and start dealing with some specifics on uh, how how to set out a uh, the plan to actually win the bid. The good news is we're in a particularly unique unique position to win the bid this time. We've won it. On the Canadian basis, so we did not have to compete to, to be identified as the Canadian bid, and uh, and we will have to compete uh, with the potentially other countries. Although, you know, what we're hearing is that Hamilton is the uh, the hands down favorite because it's the hundredth anniversary. So we're it, so previous bids, we had to compete for every level. We had to compete to get the Canadian bid opportunity, and then we had to compete against other countries to to win it. I think this time we're just in a you know particularly unique position to be the uh, the odds odd favorite to win the whole thing and so that's good news and uh, and then you know certainly the uh, the work of what's the legacy going to be and uh, what are the uh, opportunities in terms of inspiring and what's it going to inspire in community which happened in spades in Birmingham and and in Manchester and previous successive bids they've turned it, turned it into a huge opportunity to give the city an uplift and certainly that's something that will occur in Hamilton as hopefully, well.
0: Hopefully, yeah, hopefully we'll see that here. we got to run. Uh, Mayor Fred, thank you for your time today, and uh, enjoy Election Day on Monday.
2: Thank you, and uh, get up and vote. Thank you. You're listening to the Good
1: Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML.
0: There's uh, always some good and always some bad when we look at what is happening in our community. Each and every community is no different, really. But it is identified in a new report from the Social Planning Research Council of Hamilton. They have dug into some of the census data from the 2021 census and have compiled some analysis from some of the numbers that have been spewed out by Statistics Canada. So what is happening in our city? Sarah Mayo is a social planner with the Social Planning and Research Council of Hamilton and joins us on Good Morning Hamilton. Sarah, welcome back to the show. How are you?
3: Thank you so much I,
0: I, I'm well. Let's start with some good news the uh, the data the census data shows that there are improvements in child poverty rates in this city. what have you found?
3: Yes uh, large increases we, 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 we had noted uh, an increase uh, uh, a reduction in poverty across the board in previous reports since about um, uh, 2006. Um, but now we're seeing, uh, but, but child poverty has always been very high, uh, uh, over 20% in Hamilton uh, for a long time. And uh, now it's at 13% um, in Hamilton. And we've seen a drop across the country, not just in Hamilton. Um, and it's happening for a, a lot of different reasons. And it's definitely um, reason to celebrate that the, the work that has been done um to to make people more aware of the issue and, and put in place solutions is, is making a difference.
0: Overall as well, we're seeing some improvement in the poverty rate. It was 15% in the 2016 census. That has fallen to 10%, but for those between the ages of 18 and 64, but it's a little bit of a different story for seniors, those over 65.
3: Yes. Um, so seniors, uh, for the first time in, uh, I think since we've rec- uh, looked at, Certainly, since I've looked at uh, poverty rates for seniors in the last um, fifteen years or so, um, senior poverty rates have increased from eleven percent to twelve percent, and that is a a big concern that it's going in the wrong direction. And why is it? Why are other groups having other age groups having um, improvements and they are not? And some of that is. Um, stuff that you know you've covered um as a journalist for many years the 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 reduction in pension benefits that have happened um and um and also this census uh, it, it counts incomes from the year 2000 and as we know uh that was you know at the height of the the lockdowns and and pandemic benefits. um, So CERB um, contributed to people's incomes in uh, if they weren't retired, but retired people didn't have access to CERB. So that also, um, so they weren't as as, um, well protected from um, uh, cost increases um, than other other, uh, age groups.
0: Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML is Sarah Mayo, social planner with the Social Planning and Research Council of Hamilton. We're diving into the latest census data as the Social Planning Research Council of Hamilton has released this report, crunching some of the numbers, diving deep into the numbers. And another thing you've done is looked at inflation and the impact that is having on things like the food emergency crisis that this city is knee-deep in.
3: Knee-deep is exactly right. Um, there are um, thousands of people who um need access uh who who get their food from a food bank, from a food charity, um are the many great ones we have in Hamilton, um, and great service providers who um, do miracles with low funding. Um and but you know, we can't rely on 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 that as a solution to, especially in this time of high um of high inflation, um, you know, eggs have gone up in price since 2018 by 44%. uh, In total, inflation has been 13% um, since 2018 in Ontario, but food has gone up by 19%. So um, food is is, uh, increasing at a time where um, uh, social assistance rates continue to be frozen um, for Ontario Works uh, recipients. It's four years in a row with zero percent increase, um, which is unfair, unjust, and um, and 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 needs to happen if we if we care about people not going hungry in our city.
0: You also have new reports on the way, from what I understand, in regards to youth housing and rental housing. We know we have a rental crisis in this city. These reports are really going to be an eye-opener, I think. What do you have planned?
3: Yeah, um, we're looking at uh, different aspects of the, um, not just the the costs, but the impacts of the rental crisis um, by age. Um, Youth are the, the group that... Uh, is most impacted in some ways because they are new renters so they're not protected yet by um, uh, rent control um, so they're subject to just the market and what what landlords want they're also maybe not as aware of their rights and so maybe it evicted in a uh, subject to illegal eviction and not realize that, that that eviction is illegal um and so yeah that's that's something we want to shed more light on um you know and and many of the uh, youth who are who are having trouble getting housed were children living in poverty just a few years ago when we had very high rates um and so um we we can't you know kind of say oh well they when they were kids we' were working on on reducing child poverty but now that they're Young adults. Well, we don't care anymore. Like we, we, we have to continue to care for people um, and improve our improve our city for everyone.
0: Looking forward to those reports that uh, are coming in, in the next few weeks, Sarah. Really appreciate your time today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Sarah Mayo is a social planner with Social Planning and Research Council of Hamilton.
1: You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML.
0: Hey, Hamilton's Catholic School Board is launching a demographic survey to provide it with a snapshot of its students and staff population. And here to talk about it is Pat Daly, the longtime chairperson at the Hamilton Wentworth Catholic District School Board. Pat, good morning. Welcome to the show. Oh, good morning to you, Rick. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks for joining us this morning. What is the purpose of this survey?
4: Yeah, thank you, Rick. I would say, you know, we as a Catholic community are really called to uh, read the signs of the times. And uh, uh, the intent of it, the purpose of it is so that we get a clear, clear understanding of the students and staff that we serve and uh, have a, a, a better understanding of the factors that, influence their faith formation, academic achievement, and well-being. So we're really, really excited about it and uh, looking forward to seeing the
0: results. What kind of information are you going to be gathering in this process?
4: Well, there's a number of factors that are being, you know, looked at. uh, Socioeconomic status, ethnicity, race, language, religion, disability, uh, gender, and and a number of others. So we're really trying to get a, a clear, clear understanding of our Student and staff population, so we can, you know, allocate resources and design programs that uh, really better serve their
0: needs. So, what does that look like? And and when you talk about programs, are we are we generally saying extracurricular activities in this regard?
4: Well, it would it would the whole spectrum. Uh, Rick, uh, one of the things, just one example only, an important one, but one example would be our hiring practices. Clearly it is critically important that students, young people see in their teachers and other staffs, other uh, staff in our schools themselves. So, uh, you know, once we have the results, uh, you know, we can really shape uh, our hiring practice has been a priority for us, but the results of the survey will uh, be of great value and things like that. But as well, in terms of uh, like you say, the extra extracurricular programming, the uh, resources that we use, uh, in our schools to support uh, teachers and curriculum. So uh, it's just right across the whole range of programming.
0: This one's launched yesterday. The survey is going to stay open until November 25th. What's the game plan after that date in terms of analyzing all the data and then then acting on it?
4: Yeah, thank you. Great question. And I really want to recognize uh, and thank our uh, amazing equity officer, Alicia Ralph, and our equally amazing uh, communications manager Ronnie Jaden who have uh, led the development of the uh, survey and as well its distribution our, our plan is obviously to collect all of the data and through uh, you know uh, the research support that we have both within our system and any external we need to ensure that we uh, view the data objectively and effectively and then uh, through our senior administration bring a report to the board uh, you know, over the next number of months as to the results of the survey, but then as well, how that impacts uh, our allocation of resources, the programming and hiring practices and a number of other things. So we, uh, we really plan on using it well, but the first step clearly is to encourage uh, staff uh, and parents uh, uh, and students uh, to participate.
0: Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML, Pat Daly, chairperson of the Hamilton-Wentworth Catholic District School Board. The board is launching a demographic survey to uh, provide it with a snapshot of its student and staff uh, population. It's called the See Me in HWC DSB survey. One of the goals is to identify and eliminate barriers to student success, inclusion, well-being. What barriers exist right now?
4: Well, Rick, that's really what we want to uh to find out, uh, and you know, we have uh, really been committed to, uh, you know, whether it's with regard to uh, Indigenous education or, you know, uh, racialized students to active listening, prayer, and right action. So the first step in this is clearly to listen, uh, and uh, you know, the results of the survey is a form of listening. So we want to to hear first and see. Uh, the reality of our students and staff and then to act upon that so I wouldn't want to you know jump to any conclusions without you know our staff and others analyzing the results but clearly you know we know that uh, uh, like all sectors of society our, our Catholic school system has changed uh, you know significantly over the last 25 30 years and, uh, and that we really really need as I said, at the outside to read the signs of the times to ensure that we are uh, serving our students and staff as best as we can.
0: The CME in HWCDSB survey will stay open as I mentioned until November 25th. Is there a, a deadline or a report date that you are going to um, uh, release this report findings or least some of the data that you've uh, that you've gathered?
4: A date hasn't been set as of yet Rick but uh, uh, you know we would want to act upon it uh sooner rather than later so for sure uh that won't be delayed saying that uh uh, i know our staff and the the next board of trustees will want to do it well so uh we don't have a a date as of yet but uh, uh, for sure uh, we will not delay the release of uh, the results and as well you know the initiatives that are planned uh, as a result of it could it
0: be as early as spring
4: i would hope but again i i don't want to uh Uh, to prejudge, but but for sure our hope would be to have it released uh, and make use of it sooner rather than later.
0: Fair enough. Mr. Daly, thank you for your time today and enjoy the rest of your day.
4: You as well, Rick. Thank you.
0: That is Pat Daly, longtime chairperson Hamilton-Wentworth Catholic District School Board. Their See Me in HWC DSB survey is uh, surveys now open until November the 25th, trying to gather some information from students and staff on the things like gender, language, race, religion and uh, whether or not they have a disability or not.
1: You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML.
0: Big night tonight in the Hammer. It's the Tiger Cats. It's the Red Blacks, 6pm pregame show here on CHML. Kickoff is at 7 at Tim Hortons Field and of course the fifth quarter will follow a half an hour after the game ends and there is another highlight in terms of, you know, the action on the field is exciting, but off the field we have our latest Ty Cats alumni of distinction his name is sandy beverage and he joins us now on good morning hamilton sandy how are you
5: i'm doing great Zamp. thank you so much for having me on it's uh yeah really a true honor to uh be acknowledged by the tire cats uh especially so far after i've finished playing so uh nice to be remembered
0: well you played uh eight seasons in the league 2003 to 2010 you get the phone call to say hey sandy we want you as the alumnus of distinction for this huge game coming up against the red blacks what's going through your mind uh
5: well i want to be at the game anyways because it's such a (laughs) big huge game for the team so (laughs) i I was probably going to be down there regardless but uh to be a to be a bigger part of that game and uh be honored in such a way uh, really means a lot especially in a game that you know could potentially help them clinch a playoff spot so i'm uh pretty excited the family's excited i'm going to have them all down there too so uh it's, it's going to be a great night for the family
0: what's keeping you busy these days
5: <laughs> i got two young daughters that keep me substantially busy and then uh, obviously work i'm still at the hamilton fire department working around the city so uh still serving the community of hamilton
0: what was tougher chasing down the likes of milt stiegel and some of the other superstars of the canadian football <laughs> league or running after your little ones
5: <laughs> <laughs> um running after the little ones yeah for sure because uh I could at least hit Milt Stiegel or g Roy <laughs> Simon or those guys. I, I can't do that to yeah. two young kids, especially two young daughters. So uh, it, it's definitely far more challenging when you're uh, wrangling them in.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, eight years in the Canadian Football League. You mentioned just a couple of guys that you uh, you know faced over the years. Did you have one receiver that either you had in your back pocket or he had you in his back pocket who was who was the toughest guy to play against and who did you just dominate
5: um well i dominated anyone that tried to come across the middle that was kind of my uh my bread and butter if you were in between the hashes i probably had a good chance of getting you if you started running towards the sidelines uh and i was chasing you were probably in a better position than what i was um I always felt like G-Roy got the best of us when we played BC. I, I, he he was just something else. Uh, the way he ran his routes, the, the way they game-planned, they were at a a time where they were at their height, and uh, I don't think I'm the only one that can say that they had trouble covering <laughs> G-Roy Simon.
0: Yeah, you know, Canadian Football Hall of Famer, one of the greatest receivers of all time, yeah. an absolute difference-maker and a beast on the field, and doing some great things off the field as well. But yeah, he was uh, he was amazing. Do you have a career highlight? Obviously, it was never, you know, raising a great cup, but you guys played some huge games. You had some great games, whether it was defensively or special teams. What would be at the top of the list?
5: I kind of always resort back to, uh, so 2003 was my first year and we didn't have a great year. And then 2004, we kind of had like a comeback season. Mm-hmm.
1: And
5: the very first game of the year was in BC, which is my hometown. And uh, I went back out there, and I had a whole bunch of family and friends in the game, and uh, I, I got to pick up a fumble. I returned it for a touchdown. It was the only touchdown of my career that I had, and my dad was sitting in the front row behind the bench. I got I got to throw it up to him, and it was right around Father's Day, so I was like, happy Father's Day. I got to throw him the football, and, you know, without having the full team success, that was kind of like a cool thing for me because he, he coached me my whole childhood so (laughs) to kind of give him that moment was uh was a special moment for me
0: that's pretty cool our guest on good morning hamilton on 900 chml sandy beverage tonight's ticats alumnus of distinction as the tiger cats host the red blacks at tim horton's field pregame show on chml begins at six kickoff is at seven chml's fifth quarter will kick off 30 minutes after the game ends the 2022 tiger cats what do you make of this team it's been a wild season
5: it, it has been a wild season. Uh, I think this is a team that maybe just finding their groove now. They they struggled earlier. They they lost uh, some key pieces in the off season. They brought some other pieces in. I think everyone's just kind of starting to find their their spot. They had some injuries, and you know they're on back to back wins. They got the opportunity now if they win going out to go into the playoffs. And you go on, on a high note. I, I could really see this team being one of those teams that, you know, you know, people were disappointed in maybe early in the season, but one of those teams that could just go out there and upset everybody in the playoffs. And, you know, once you're in, you get on that run and it just keeps rolling. So uh, I would say that's what my biggest takeaway from this team is. is If they can roll these next two games and get into the playoffs, uh Anything's possible.
0: That's the beauty of the CFL, too, in a nine-team league, is if you get one or two teams that get hot at the right point of the year, and this this would be that, that time that you can run the table. I mean, we saw it in 86 with the Ticats. They just got on this crazy hot streak, and away they went. This team, with the talent that they have, and seemingly they're putting it all together now, seems to be on that same track. It would be exciting to see this team go on a serious run.
5: I, I totally agree. I, I think they have all the pieces to be able to do that and like everyone knows you make the playoffs everyone has a ch- chance it, it doesn't matter what you did the rest of the season um you could be the best team in the regular season and then you come to the playoffs you lose one day because you made one or two mistakes and you're out the door so um yeah i i really think this TICAT team is coming to its own right now they got the back-to-back wins they're working off of right now and uh everyone seems to be coming together and playing well, and going out to Calgary and kind of getting rid of that, that one off their back, the, <laughs> the fact that they hadn't won there in so long, and uh, I think that's really something to build on.
0: Absolutely. Sandy, congratulations on being a Ticats alumnus of distinction. Enjoy the night tonight, and hopefully we can all celebrate a Cats win. Thanks for joining us today. Awesome. Thank you so much. Sandy Beveridge, um, eight seasons, 105 games. One thing we didn't touch on was his community service. We know that the Cats are tremendous in uh, chatting with kids, getting involved in high school sports, uh, being uh, you know a, a pillar in this community in terms of. Uh, impacting a lot of fans and uh, and and people who you know need a helping hand here and there. And Sandy was one of the best at doing it with hundreds uh, literally hundreds of appearances during his Canadian Football League career and off to bigger and better things as a Hamilton firefighter now. So tip of the cap to Sandy Beverage, tonight's alumnus of distinction at Tim Hortons Field.
1: You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML.
0: Things are going to get red hot on Sunday at Tim Hortons Field because that's where Hamilton's Forge FC is taking on their bitter rivals, Cavalry FC, Sunday at 5 p.m. in leg number two of their Canadian Premier League semi-final. Ashton Morgan is a defender with Forge FC and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Ashton, good morning. How are you?
6: Good morning. Good morning. How are you?
0: Is it an understatement to say this is a huge game, or is this an accurate declaration or description of how big Sunday's match is?
6: Yeah, it's a big game. You know... uh all of us in on this team and on Forge and the in the club, we uh, you know, we're here for these big games and for these moments, you know, and uh, couldn't be more excited to, you know, have the second leg at uh, Tim Hortons Field uh, this Sunday.
0: Leg number one was in Calgary, a one-one draw. Uh, Cavalry jumped out to a one-nothing lead just before the half. Wubenspessius tied it for you guys just after halftime. Your thoughts on how the first leg went for you?
6: Yeah, you know, I still feel like uh, we controlled many many mo- uh, moments in that game and uh you know we were unlucky to leave with the full three points you know and i think there's a lot of positives that from the match that we're going to take We have taken from uh from the game uh going into sunday's match forge and
0: cavalry tied deadlocked in points same number of wins losses and draws this season is is this a an extremely close matchup
6: uh yeah you know i feel for us it's the game's more about about ourselves and what uh what we bring to the match, you know. I know we're gonna have our home support behind us on Sunday, which is gonna be fantastic and it's going to be much, much needed. Uh, just for to give us that extra little spark, that extra little push that uh, that we need to, uh, you know, uh, mark our spot in the final.
0: Ashton Morgan is our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. He's a defender with Forge FC as they take on Cavalry this Sunday at 5 p.m. at Tim Hortons Field in leg number two of their Canadian Premier League semifinal. The first leg was a 1-1 draw out in Calgary. Uh, Do you like these two-leg kind of playoff series?
6: Uh, Yeah, you know, I think it it, it goes well for a good good competition. You know, more games to play, but, you know... Whatever it takes to get to the final at the end of the day, you know, and I think uh, if it's one leg, two legs, you know, at the end of the day, we have to get the business done, you know, and, uh, and I'm betting on my, my guys and our club because, uh, you know, I have nothing but faith in us to, to get the job done and uh, to push on to the final and hopefully bring uh, another trophy to, to the city of Hamilton.
0: From a tactical standpoint, do you guys need to change anything? Do you change anything throughout the season or from team to team?
6: You know things things vary tactically you know we see what the opponent gives us from the previous match and where we can sharpen up in certain areas but a a big thing for us is just staying sharp and stay staying energetic for the match you know uh sharpness is key and you know as long as we are working hard and you know we have we have bags of talent on this team you know bags of talent on this team and when we're on we're very on and uh well like I said we're very excited for the for for the match on Sunday.
0: This is your first season with forge, but you're really no stranger to big games. you played in many of them with team canada you have you have eighteen caps with the national team uh toronto f c other teams how How big is experience in this situation
6: oh for sure you know sometimes you need a cool head to in some of these matches you know you need to understand uh you know the tempo of the match and what the game entails, you know, you know, uh and I can just help that my my vocal leadership on the on the pitch, you know, definitely goes a long way and there's other leaders from different, you know, ages, experiences on our team that we all are just trying to contribute and uh help out to, to get the win.
0: You made your Forge debut in February. You got you got thrown right into the fire it was the CONCACAF <laughs> Champions League, the first leg against Cruz Azul. What's the season been like for you with Forge?
6: Yeah, it's been a long season for sure. You know, it's been a, a lot of ebbs and flows through the year, you know, but uh, honestly, wouldn't trade anything for for right now. You know, I feel we've worked from February till now to be in the playoffs, to be in a playoff position to, uh, to win a trophy. So this is the best time of the year right now.
0: Well, we wish you nothing but the best. Good luck on Sunday and hopefully beyond. Ashton, thanks for the time today.
6: I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: That's Ashton Morgan, defender with Forge FC. If you want to go to the game on Sunday, you can go online to forgefc.canpl.ca and uh, cheer on the Hammers as they take on Cavalry FC.
1: You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML.
0: Focusing, as we usually do at this time of the week, on McMaster University. And, you know, there's a lot of amazing things that happen On campus, whether you're a student, a student athlete, a faculty, staff member, there's so many exciting things uh, going on at Mac these days. One of them is called Altitude, the Altitude Team Development and Leadership Program, which offers leadership, experiential education, team building exercises but not only for students and, and student-athletes. You can be an adult in town, a member of a sports team, and maybe a, you know, a, a beer league or a weekend softball team, uh, and even businesses and business leaders can partake in this Altitude Team Development and Leadership Program. Here to talk about it is Wayne Terryberry, coordinator with Natural Lands and Outdoor Recreation at McMaster University. Wayne, good morning. How are you?
7: Good morning, Rick. Thank you
0: for having me on the show this morning. Was that an accurate description of that what the Altitude wonderful Program is? That explanation of what Altitude is. Interview and, over, uh, I guess. <laughs> Alt- yeah. Altitude is
7: a major part of our outdoor recreation program in athletics and recreation. And as you said, it's um, really a lot focused on McMaster students, both for uh, clubs or residences or academic programs. But as you noted, we do a lot of community work. We'll have lots of sport, community sports teams in. A lot of school groups join us for adventure programming during the uh, spring, spring and the fall. And actually, we have a program going on as I speak and uh, with a high school. So, we do a lot of work uh, with the community. It's an incredible outreach for the university and our department to bring the community and youth into Experience
0: McMaster and all we have to offer. So, what kind of team building exercises are offered through this program?
7: Well, we, uh, for the Altitude program, we will do a uh, lot, we'll like to get everybody energized. It's about having fun while you're learning. And um, it's adventure it's a programming, so we want to challenge them to work together, conquer problems. Uh, we'll throw at them through initiatives where they're team building initiatives. So, we'll run stuff with. It's hard to explain, you know, with, you know, with uh, ropes and uh, various low ropes activities, but it's usually a, a challenge for them to conquer and facil- find a solution. And then we'll have them do uh, climbing on our Alpine tower, which is a 50 foot high climbing tower. It's the only one in Canada and uh, it's really quite unique. You can have six people climbing through various routes. It's goes from easy routes to hard routes. So the point of all this is, it's really based on challenge by choice. We want everybody to push themselves, gain self-efficacy as an individual. But if it's a hockey team or a, a, a just in most any group, to gain connections, working together effectively. And uh, but you know we don't want to push them to do anything they don't feel comfortable with. So, it, but as I said, it's a lot about fun, learning while you're having fun.
0: There's obviously a physical component to it, but this also challenges the mind in terms of planning, teamwork, uh, working together as a team is what it's all about.
7: Absolutely. It's it's about, yeah, a bit of physical challenge, but you know, we can accommodate to all needs, but yeah, it's working together, thinking, um, talking and as you know, with any team building stuff, it's mainly communication, learning how to talk, work together. Uh, understand each other, gain uh, respect for each other as you do things, and then celebrate, right, when you achieve success, and then move on to another challenge.
0: What kind of feedback have you received from the many participants who have uh, gone through this program?
7: Oh, that's a great question. I get feedback on a regular basis from schools and sports teams, how much fun they had. It was a great uh, experience for their students or their athletes or uh Community people, we've done birthday parties. We did one last weekend, so we do things. It just—it's uh, feedback is always wonderful, and it really comes down to the support of the university and our department, but our student staff, who I have great fortune to work with, and they're the ones who run the programs, and they're trained extensively by us on facilitation and uh, high ropes. But it's their spirit and energy that really brings the program to life, and it's also a wonderful chance for McMaster students to gain that type of work where they're learning to be facilitators, learning to talk with groups, lead lead uh, groups people through a program, and they could become extremely good at it, and it's really the life and energy of the student staff which really makes this a great success.
0: We got about 30 seconds if someone is yeah. listening to this right now thinking, how do I book my spot in this program, how do they go about doing that?
7: Well, they can e- email altitude at mcmaster.ca that is probably the easiest way so it's uh, altitude a l t i e u d e at mcmaster.ca and we we, have a, we also have a website too they can look at but i want to also note that a big focus of ours is making sure we're accessible for anybody so our high ropes course all our programming is accessible for any physical ability uh needs We just did a wonderful program for youth with the um, Children's Hospital for Recreation for Accessibility. It was a wonderful event a few weeks ago. So, yeah, Altitude at McMaster is the best way to
0: connect or look at our website. Great to hear. Wayne, really appreciate your time. Best of luck with this program going forward.
7: Yes, thank you. You have a great day. Enjoy this nice weather.
0: You got it. Wayne Terryberry, Coordinator Natural Lands and Outdoor Recreation at McMaster University. By the way, Mac's football team hosting the U of T tomorrow afternoon at 1. You can listen to that game right here on 900CHML. Win and they're in the
1: playoffs for the Marauders. Thanks for listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday mornings from 5.30 to 9 on 900CHML and online at 900CHML.com.
0: The Good Morning Hamilton podcast is available on Apple podcast google podcast and wherever you get your favorite podcast i'm rick samprin thanks again for listening and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast it's free so you never miss an episode and make sure you rate and review